Hello again, global citizens. It's Florence Adu, your host for the podcast that inspires a borderless mindset around doing something in the world. We're still talking with Kwame Achempong. And in part one, you may have enjoyed our discussion about music, but we get even deeper in this conversation. We'll also be talking business, technology, and all things Kwame. So let's get right back into it. Looking back, Mm -hmm. the stuff that's happened to me in terms of building business, losing losing all your money, all that kind of stuff, deals going to... Wait, you lost all your money? (laughs) <laughs> no, no, no. There was a there was a cool. time where I mean a deal fell through, and you know it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, I guess that's also we'll we'll get a little bit more into some of that technical stuff. Yeah, I get it. So we kind of talked about where you're from, and I met you when you were living in Lagos, yes. and so now you're back in the UK. Mm-hmm. So the general question that I typically ask my guests is why the where? How did you come to be living, working, and playing where you live? And I get the sense that you are a lot more global than stationary or static, kind of. Yeah. So so tell us, first of all, how you came to be living in Nigeria, because you were in Ghana and then Nigeria, and then where you are now local. So how did I end up in Nigeria? Hmm. Well, so you remember the thing at the very beginning, I told you about ProfBay, the payment gateway and the logistics. So uh, there was a company in Nigeria that had the same idea or similar as we did, mm-hmm. but they came from a pure e-commerce perspective. Okay. We came from a payment perspective, but it's the same thing. So they allow people to buy online and they, they did all the, the payment and stuff. Like that. Same model as I did. Mm-hmm. So, and when I got rid of my company, I sold my company and profit in Ghana. And so I was just chilling at home basically. And I got headhunted to see if I wanted to work for them for North Africa. So they're part of the Helios equity group. Okay. So they said that they wanted someone to help them with the company. So we were in talks for a couple of months, I think nearly half a year. And then eventually they said, okay, why don't you come on board? And I said, okay, why not? And then, and that's how I ended up in Nigeria working for Helios and one of their, well, North Africa and the, and the Helios management and private equity. So basically, yeah, I was in, in Nigeria, moved there to basically help them restructure the company and take it where it is now. And I was there for like just over a year, did what I needed to do and successfully did it. And then we spun off another company from there called Link Commerce. So in, in Nigeria, I was the CEO for Africa. So I was in charge of the whole African region. Then we restructured and basically split the business in two. So the more for Africa brand, we gave to someone to manage and we took the technology, which is now called Link Commerce. And that is now a white label solution for anyone who wants to um, sell into Africa. Mm, yeah. okay. So um, we had a few clients, but the bigger clients or the biggest user of it now is a company called DHL. Everybody knows DHL. <laughs> so, you know, I just thought I might just drop it in. Right. A company called DHL. But yeah, so DHL, so DHL basically, they had a problem and DHL, if everybody understands, they, especially DHL Express, their main business model was small packages and documents, mm-hmm. but that was declining rapidly. So they wanted to become the biggest e-commerce player in, in emerging markets because they have the best last mile delivery. Right. But the issue is that even if they had that, again, the merchants would not ship into Africa or send into Africa. Sure, sure. So they needed a platform to plug into the merchants around the world. So now by sorting overnight, they have achieved mm-hmm. a strategic goal. Mm-hmm. And they started off with nine countries. 
then we went to 20 countries and now we're in 34 countries in Africa. With Link Commerce, with Link doing, Commerce that, DHL, doing that for DHL. For DHL. Wow. So our growth with them. And has, that's been just a year. Yes. Got so it. the growth, yeah. we, we have a 30% growth, monthly growth. So it's like rich, richly, like the huge curve. Like, I mean, they have never seen like that, any growth like that before. And the last month has been crazy because now DHL has done so well in Africa. Now DHL, Latin America want our, our help mm-hmm. because they have the same problem in Brazil and right. stuff, the same as Africa. And right. then in Russia have the same problem. So we are now right. in Russia as well. Right. And now we're also in, in MENA and basically Saudi Arabia and stuff like that. So DHL in all those companies want our, want our help to help them do what we did for DHL Africa. So I love that story about how an African solution is now being applied throughout other emerging markets. Mm -hmm. And so the question I particularly want to ask about that particular, the business of link commerce Mm -hmm. is, so how do you deal with talent, right? Because you're providing a service and you, it's a technology service Mm -hmm. that also has logistics. And we all know that in these emerging markets, we have some challenges with finding the right type of skill sets. And when you were in Nigeria working on restructuring the business, I know that that was one thing that you were dealing with, of course, is like, how do I figure out how to strip one side and create these two different businesses? But so thinking about your next phase of link commerce and growing in these other markets, how are you addressing the skills necessary to do that work? It's funny. So when I was in Nigeria, I inherited um, a company with about the close of 100 people mm-hmm. or 60 people, I think, in, just in Nigeria alone. And it was interesting. But again, I think I was lucky having worked for Google and stuff like that. I When I went in there, it was, it was really interesting. I mean, you know, there, there's a, it was a very hierarchical situation no one wanted to talk because they're afraid to talk and stuff uh, like that and right, all that right. you know and that was hindering stuff so in the, the first couple of months basically i had to find a way of breaking that mm-hmm. yeah and you know people say there's no talent or the talent pool is very difficult in africa i totally disagree with oh, that okay. because okay they're very clever people in africa yes yeah. Clever, very clever people. Definitely. I mean, forget even the workplace. If you, if you, no, in fact, no, you want to work there, but you know, you know, it's like our boys. I mean, you know, those people have, right? <laughs> they don't go to school, but they know what they do, right? Sure. And in, yes. there's something about Africa. If someone wants to make money or knows how to make money, he'll find a way of making money. Yes, that's right? true. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to go down that road because what I'm talking about. Yeah, yes. they don't So that same brain set is in the workplace, but a lot of them have been suppressed not to right. allow them to talk. Right, yeah? right. Expression. Expression, mm-hmm. afraid to talk. They don't want to express themselves. They, they're afraid that this and so they just sit there and wait instructions. Yes. They're afraid to actually take their own initiative. Mm-hmm. So it, it took me three months to actually change that mindset. And, you know, breaking that mold. And I actually, I realized, you know, I like dressing up. I mean, you know, I, I kind of dapper like that. But, you know. <laughs> so, but I know I had to actually just tone down. You know? Oh, okay. So I just came to work with sneakers, with jeans and all that kind of stuff. Everybody was like, oh, oh God, can we dress like you? I said, why not? Uh-huh. You know, because you know you have people in the call center. They were asked to wear at that time. They were wearing suits or wow. ties, and I'm like, no, no, no. You know, we just break this down. Sure. So you know, and I would just go in a hall. I might sit on the stairs with someone, and they're confused that I'm sitting on the stairs. Oh mm-hmm. God, the CEO is sitting on the stairs and talking to me. Right. It doesn't. This doesn't happen. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But it was a deliberate way of breaking the mold. So yes. in the next six months, I had a workforce that was just 
delivering. Right. Yeah, they're delivering, sure. you know? Sure, sure. And, you know, I, especially luckily for them or luckily for me, for my creative background, mm-hmm. and now that media or videos and stuff, the content is key. Mm-hmm. I looked at, well, we had one big room. I turned a big room into a studio. So now we're doing all the content in-house. We're not farming stuff out. And I was teaching them how to do stuff. So some people had hadn't had, never had a camera. And I mean, now some of the stuff the guys are knocking out, you will not believe what they were doing a year before they right. met me. It was just not acceptable. But right now, I mean, I'm actually quite proud. In terms of, <laughs> I mean, you know, thinking that, you know, someone told me it's not possible in Nigeria or in Africa. And I just, you know, I guess I went against the grain and I still did it. And I, I said, breaking the mindset or whatever. You know, I said, well, I'm still going to teach people to do it. Because, you know, so, and they say, oh, if you teach people, they're going to leave. I said, I don't think they leave. You leave. If you give them all the opportunity right. to stay there, yeah. why not? And there was one guy who wanted to leave. And I said, listen, there's one thing I can do for you, right? I'm not going to pay you more money, but I'm going to give you the opportunity to increase your skill step, right? So just bear with me, right? And he stayed. And to this day, he basically just cannot enough um, thank me because from not knowing how to shoot videos or Mm -hmm. this and that, the stuff he's doing now basically is standard for the US and UK. I mean, this guy is just... A few guys have taught and, and there they had a whole recording studio to mm-hmm. play with, mm-hmm. to understand, left them equipment to play, all the top equipment to play with, you know. And obviously I will criticize it. I, just, I tell them this crap. Sure. I tell them. And then they work harder. Yeah. And Brian and some this one is this guy in particular, he will stay weekends and you could just see the guy those that actually put their mind to it in the office, they actually came up with good stuff you know yeah. and i mean this guy i mean i can show you something work after the before and after and you you he to blow your mind what the guy is doing now Got it. yeah so yeah so from a workforce i believe there's a lot of talent there but you just need to be able to train them you know and and also uh, relate relate with them yeah. you know and again i'm lucky because <laughs> Serial entrepreneur, I have done, I have worked in the recording studio, I've worked in management consulting, I've worked in investment banking, I've done the whole dot com thing, yeah. I've done the payment thing. So, in a way, I'm a bit of a generalist. Exactly. So, I can sort of like pass knowledge onto right. them and from many from yeah. many perspectives. So, yes. I, as a business, when I see a business and I'm saying, okay, well, our marketing is not really performing, mm-hmm. I can actually point out what is wrong sometimes even get my hands dirty and show them how to do it, right. you know, yeah. to down, I can go to the IT department and say, well, why don't we have a backup route and all that kind of stuff? I sure. can actually sit down, roll my sleeves and actually configure it for it to work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so it's like I was on top of everything yeah, because I understood. So uh, they, they turned the office into something that was really working. You know, I mean, I walked in, I remember I walked in, the place was not in Boiler, but I mean, you know, I mean, they couldn't understand that the facilities guys could not understand that I'm walking around the office and making sure that the whole place is tidy, you know, all that kind of stuff. They couldn't fathom how Olga would come out from his office and and walk around the compound to make sure that, you know. But once they realized where I was coming from, the place was spick, spank, and clean. Yeah. Right? And everybody was happy, you know. Mm -hmm. The toilets were working, everything was working, all that kind of stuff. So what I'm understanding is in some ways, because I was speaking to someone in in Nigeria, and they Mm -hmm. said, we have these separate toilets, right? We have the executive ones and we have the ones for everyone else. And one time he couldn't go to the executive ones. So he went into the one for everyone else and he was, he couldn't even go. Mm -hmm. He said, 
I can't believe that this is the case. And he asked the cleaner, he's like, oh, but that's for everyone. So why does it matter? You have yours. Mm-hmm. And so from that moment, everything changed because it's it's a dignity thing, yeah. right? So I think what you're basically getting at is when you relate with your employees and treat them with respect, mm-hmm. then you're right. We probably don't have a skill set problem. We have a human dignity yeah. problem. I mean, I give you a typical example. So, and this this was a huge eye-opener now, hopefully when I as a podcast is that I open up to everybody else listening to this. So the company had a policy whereby you come late, you are fined. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Which is a great policy. And if you find like five pounds or something, yeah. Mm-hmm. This equivalent, is the equivalent. one in, yeah, in, Nigeria. Okay, in Nigeria. Okay. And so hold that corner. So one day I was in the office and this was now people come to talk to me. Mm-hmm. Right? And the sales, saleswoman came and said to me and she said something, something like the subordinate. I said, what? Oh. The, the who? <laughs> that word, subordinate. Yeah. I said, okay, wait, wait, wait. I think you need to go out again and forget that word and come back and try and explain it. For, you know, right? Sure. So she said that. So I was so like, wow. You know, mm-hmm. I said, this, is, this can't happen. So I had an old ex meeting with mm-hmm. everybody. I remember this. And I sat in there. That day I decided to just come totally dressed down. So I've got this thing. I've got an expensive habit. I have sneakers with different colors. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I mix and match them. So <laughs> there I was, Oga, yes. in a meeting room, standing in front of everyone, a pair of jeans, a blue Puma sneaker, and a burgundy Puma sneaker. <laughs> okay. yeah? Yeah. Matching with my burgundy belt and a white T-shirt. Okay. Yeah. So just imagine. Already, <laughs> confused.com. What's this yes. Oga? This Oga, this Oga, not crazy. Anyway. So I said, okay, we need to address something. So I don't want to anyone in this office to be called a subordinate or referred to a subordinate or treated like a subordinate, sure. right? Mm-hmm. Now, it's a fine where if you come late, it's about 1,500 thousand, thousand naira, uh-huh. okay? So I said, okay, let's put a fine to anyone who refers to subordinate or treats something like a subordinate. I said, how much should we charge them? And he goes, 20,000. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. That's, that's, you know, that? that's like 30 bucks. So basically no. they were like saying. We don't want to be called subordinates. Yeah. So yeah. literally it, that was went down as a storm. Literally yeah. everybody rallied that fact that someone has now come to say that, you know. Yeah. And from that day onwards, I realized there's a big problem yeah. in terms of hierarchy, right. this, this, and that. Right. But this person thinks he's, this is a subordinate because, you know, the sure. gate man is a subordinate to the driver. The driver is a subordinate right. to the receptionist. Yeah. The receptionist is a subordinate to, I'm like, this whole subordinate level was just getting to yeah. it. So I had to, you had to flatten it out. Yes. You know? Yeah. So, and it worked. Mm-hmm. After everybody, everybody just became, and you could see a few people were not too happy, especially the older ones. Right, I was gonna say they like, were they, the young they, people. They, they, they can they, adapt. The older, the older people, ones were not really yeah, too happy, but yeah. I said, "This is how it's gonna work." Okay, and I think that's where everything just relaxed, relaxed, and, and became people, productive. Productive people mm-hmm. were talking to each other. Mm-hmm. Departments are working with each other. They had their little tiffs and stuff like that, but you know they were working. Whereas before they were all working in silos. Yeah, nobody was working, and right. things started working. You know, everybody was ha- more happy coming to work hmm. and stuff like that. So you yeah. know, it, it kind of worked. But I think that word subordinate was what actually was killing the whole vibe. It sure. was everyone was afraid to talk to the next person. Sure. You know, I think that that story is a great white paper 
case study mm -hmm. for business schools in Africa, yeah. right? Because we do a lot of business, I'm, from what I understand from people who are in business school, all of their case studies are coming from outside. Mm -hmm. They're coming from situations that are not necessarily relatable, but this would be an awesome, I'm just putting that out there. Mm -hmm. It might be something that you all kind of encapsulate into a document that really shows transition towards productivity and success, mm -hmm. because clearly you are that. And I mean, I, I do know that you also downsized <laughs> so yeah um, yeah we had to downsize but that's uh, the nature of the beast because yeah. when you have all of these levels you often have people who are not productive mm -hmm. and you have middlemen doing things that one one role could actually accomplish yeah. so so yeah very interesting no and i mean just to that point the non-productive so what i actually did is i decided to cut off the clocking ah okay and then the true colors sure showed right <laughs> yeah. People thought, oh, we're not clocking anymore. Uh -huh. I was watching. Right. So the people who were not at their desk, not coming in, everyone was getting. Yeah. So whereas those who were serious, sure. they, didn't, they didn't need to be clocked. Right. And those who realized that they, they're not being clocked anymore, they were starting taking liberties. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So I love that story. So just going back mm -hmm. to that as your local, this is where I asked my guests, what their local speak is. Mm -hmm. So, and it could be here, it could be anywhere, but we want to hear uh, a word or phrase or saying that is a meaningful part of your local experience and why or how you came to value it as a global speak. So you were saying, Oga, you know, X, Y, Z. So things that you hear on the streets, different sayings, things that you maybe oh, okay. ac well, accumulated from mm -hmm. other parts of your life. The one that I think I have lived by was... I met this musician in Ghana. Mm -hmm. Talented, he's Ghanaian. It's a guy called uh, Ayusuba. Yes. Yeah, I met him. I actually met him on the street. Yeah, I in, discovered him. In Accra? Yeah, me and a guy called Panchi. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For and Ugandan I recorded, I mean, if you go to the Afrikaner website, you see him off the street performing for me. Yeah. It's a video there. Yeah. 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 And he came up, he says, who know tomorrow? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. It's and true. for me, that was just like, yeah, true. Who knew tomorrow? Yeah. yeah. So for me, it's just live your life right now. Sure. You know, sure. and don't let anything hold you back, you know? And mm -hmm. I guess it's the same as Carpe Diem, right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah who knew tomorrow? Inshallah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Who knew tomorrow? I just love that. Who knew tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. You know? I like it too. Yeah. And then you do hear that quite a bit in uh, so, on the streets of Ghana. Yeah. You know, who knew tomorrow? Ghana. You know, it's, and again, for me, again, back to, but I think, which I never finished, it's like, you know, Boarding school for me was uh, going to school is what shaped me in terms of I could do anything. Mm -hmm. You know, you were hit by something, you hit down. And, you know, if not for boarding school, there's a lot of times I would have just given up. Mm. If I had gone to some boarding school here in, in London, chopping nice chicken <laughs> and burgers, <laughs> you know, right. we would have given up. But Ghana, and the funny thing, a lot of people who went to school in Ghana or in my boarding school, they've all done their old they're yes. all, they're yes. all doing well. They just they strive. It's something knocks them down sure. and they continue. And I, I just seem to, when I look back and see the stuff, stuff you do, you know, it's like even here, it's like when I, when I was doing, go back in the day, nine to five, go to work and people are complaining. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you, you are in this country and you are complaining. If you knew where I came from to sit in this desk next to you and sure. I have got everything here, I've got my own computer, especially in Google and I have all this food for free and you are complaining. 
You don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's true. You know? It's true. So people yeah. never understood why I was always happy. Right, <laughs> I just have right, to... Right. When, I, when I, You know, when I walk into office, I just send my mind back to... <laughs> When it's supposed to, you know, tough. and I look around and I'm, I start laughing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Say, Kwame, why are you always happy? I say, don't There's worry. A reason not to be. Right? <laughs> exactly. You exactly. never understand. Exactly. Right. So that kind of segues into my next question. What is your favorite or an innovative mindset hack? So this is one that you either live by, know of, or one that you can imagine. <laughs> mindset hack. Hmm. Interesting. You got me off guard there. <laughs> well, do you want to think about it? And I ask you another question. Yeah. Okay. So I always like to ask a little bit of personal information, particularly around the things that stimulate your mind. So what are you reading now? Or what are some of the best reads that you've come across um, in your, in your yeah. life. You know, I must admit, I don't like long, long, long reads. <laughs> long reads. You know, I, I just like the summaries and move on and, you know, understand it. And if I have to, then dive into to understand it, yes. So what I read or what I do right now, there's, some, there's, a, there's, there's an app I like called Blinkist. Blinkist, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. for me, it's the best thing ever because I can read, I can listen to it and I feel like I've read a book books like five or six books in a day mm, mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so for me when i read i'm more of a research reader got it i don't just pick up a book and nothing right. and start like reading news, no, that type of thing yeah, okay. yeah news and stuff like that sure sure, sure. but yeah and for me it's just a evolving technology what's going on i mean i'm also into world affairs and stuff like that but um i i'm still very tech business tech so i always try to see what the latest opportunity is and be there at the forefront because luckily for me i've always been at the forefront in terms of technology from dot com to that and also i guess now in in africa i'm in the forefront of e-commerce right yeah shaping that so mm-hmm. i like to be there it's global almost. global yeah, yeah you know so yeah. um so maybe not what you're um so that's why reading. now i mean the so things what are you I'm listening, mo- to? listening to listening mm-hmm. to Music wise, yeah, people are gonna say, "Oh, you should be listening to Afro beats." <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no shadows in this world. <laughs> you know, Afro beats, yes, I do listen to it and stuff like that. But I can go back in the story from Afro beats. You know, I'm actually as much as I sit here, and I'm happy to claim that. And there was a guy called Roderick Stone in oh, Ghana, yes. mm-hmm. who's the father of hip life. Right. But mm-hmm. what happens for people might not know, he used to be a rap. He used to be in a rap group here called PLZ. One of the, big, the biggest UK rap group. And me and Reggie went to school together. He was one year ahead of me. Okay. And yeah, back then. And we used to like, sometimes back in there, even dance together. So dancing <laughs> competition. But moving on swiftly. Um, but when he was in London, and he actually came to my studio back then to actually test his formula for hip life. Okay. So I could easily say hip life was actually born in my studio in oh, London. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then obviously he went to Ghana and it blew, blew up. up. It blew up and stuff like that. So I can see where I remember where it started from. And I mean, it's it's come a long way. And I still believe Ghana should have done it. But I think Nigeria has taken over. Yes. You know, they have taken over. Yes. But again, at least people don't know my address and so they can come and hold me here. <laughs> <laughs> but as much as it's hip life or Afro beats, mm-hmm. The sad thing for me is that actually the big Afrobeats artists are actually not from Africa. They're, Af- they're Nigerians or Ghanians, mm-hmm. but they're actually not... Based look, there. They're, they're based here, right? Based here on the US. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like when you realize, for me, when I was here trying to do Afroganic, I had a bit of a chip 
because my that time the so-called Ghanaian DJs or Nigerian DJs and stuff like that were not picking it up. Mm, okay. They didn't want to know. Sure. You know? Sure. It's only around the time Jay-Z or Akon came to Africa oh, to right. sign yeah, these artists. These artists like yeah. Sway and Jay-Z's Debange. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, yeah. my Ghanaian brothers right. and Nigerian brothers are legitimized. Legitimized Africa. Right. Whereas before a lot of them were wanted to act and talk like Jamaicans. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. And then all of a sudden, wow, we have a place and there's yes. our music, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So then Afrobeats was born. Right. And I know exactly where it was born. For me still, I am not happy with the word Afrobeats. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Afrobeats or even it's Afrobeat is fella and the boys. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This should be called something like Afropop or Afro-rap, but not Afrobeats. <gasps> yeah, you know? I would say that. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Because... Yeah. It is very popish. Yeah. Like the, I mean, whether yeah. it's popish or whatever it is, mm-hmm. but... It shouldn't be called Afrobeats, mm-hmm. even though even have even add the S. Afrobeat, Afrobeats is just too similar. Sure. So from when we go, our generation goes, and mm-hmm. the kids grow up, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The whole fella right, bit, will be you, they somehow lost. Lost, because yeah. they think of the bunch and stuff like yeah. that. And that yeah. kind of music yeah. doesn't really last. Exactly. Because it's not real music. So right. when you listen to Fella, um, Ebo Taylor, yeah. Yeah. All those boys, sure. those that's the real Afrobeat. Yeah. And that's why when you listen to it now, it's just still so fresh. Exactly. It's real music. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And the Afrobeat beats, it's mm. like it's all sound. And they're now getting better with trying to and put some life elements in it now. Sure. But I just sure. still, for me, it cringes. Yeah. Like, you know, Reggie kept it hip life. Yes. Hip because- life. Right. He yeah. didn't try to go with high life. He didn't try. Yes. He, yeah. He knew Hit what he was doing. Life. So he's yeah. not encroaching on high life. Yes. He's not encroaching on this thing. Yeah. Yes. These people came up with Afro beats. <laughs> but do you think it was even Africans that did that? I know exactly where it started from. I don't really want to go in there. <laughs> I, you know, I know the people, you know, and this is some of the people when I was trying to give them the Afroganic stuff, they didn't want to know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, that's moving on swiftly. But sure. yes, sure, you know, sure. the whole Afro beats, Afro beats stuff. They should have called it Afro something else, but not beats. Sure. You know, because that is belongs to the real boys. Okay. And, and now they've just diluted it. Yeah. 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 Even though but they've you... added the S at the end. <laughs> <laughs> but you have, your musical taste is all over the place. Yes. So beyond that, like, what are, who are some of the artists? You know, like. Do you know, it's very difficult for me to say this, this because there's so many yeah. good artists. Yeah. And because of the way it is so easy to make music now, sure. so many talent yeah. is coming up. Yeah. And it's not back in the days you could say, oh, you like Dana Ross yeah. or you like Michael yeah, Jackson or that because there are not that many of them and there's an album that come out. Yeah. Right now, it's more like songs yes. than artists, yes. you know? Yeah, and, true. you know, I might say something like, I mean, to burn, I mean, I think I like a guy called Frank Moody. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they have the funk, sure. but it's funk, it's R&B, yeah. it's pop. Sure. So there's a lot of these artists coming up that yeah. are fusing a lot of stuff together. Yeah. That I, 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 I don't even know what, what the music is called, but it's very groovy. It's, I think that's it, groovy. It's very groovy. Groove. And yeah. there's a groove in it. Yeah. And then there's a rhythm to it. And there's this, this, but... And it's music. I, it's music. They're playing, they're bands, basically. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. but, yeah. you know, but I, I cannot put my, mm-hmm. I don't know what genre to put it in. Right. You know, right. so, so I've got this playlist of all this stuff. So right now, I mean, thank God to Shazam. <laughs> you know, I've got the most amazing 
playlist. I mean, everywhere I go around the world, I hear this track, oh, yeah. this, and I just shazam it and add it. Yeah. And I just don't know who the artist is, but sure. my playlist is slamming. It's that. It feels like I mean. It's a new version of Cool in the Gang and stuff like that. Right, that kind of stuff right, that, you know, right, you right, listen right, to yeah. it and you listen to it yeah. again. Oh, this is new. You know, it yes. feels fresh. It's not... Yes. Yeah, you know, it's not formulaic. It's yeah. not bit off of someone else. But yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah, you know, it's it. just fresh stuff. But I don't... I mean, I do it. You know, <laughs> I we get it. You, you listen to everything from all, all walks, yeah, ultimately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's go back to the mindset hack. I mean, and you kind of... We're speaking about some of those because I think your entire approach to restructuring. I, okay, I mean, I think from a mindset hack, I don't know. It's just like I like to. I know she say this, but I just don't buy into the whole social construct. Got it. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, it's like even like okay, for instance, like I mean, I'm from Ghana. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be African. But hell, so what? I'm going to jump out of, out of the helicopter with my snowboard on and snowboard. You can call me coconut and Oreo. I don't care. You know, I am right. enjoying my life. Sure. You know? Sure, sure. So mindset hack for me is basically just... Wait, have you done that? Yeah. The yeah. helicopter or snowboard? Yeah, 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 yeah. What is it, black? Pardon? Black diamond? Put me in black diamond. Is that the kind of the mountain that you jumped out of the helicopter and went down? No, snowboard? no. It was in Switzerland. Okay. We did it. But um, do they have, I mean, so my ski experience is huh? you have your blue diamonds, black diamonds, like black diamond is like the most difficult. And so in terms of difficulty, what was that slope that you... Oh, black. On? No, no, no. This was free ride. It was powder oh, snow. Oh, wow. It was not even... It not, was not even a cult of no moguls, no nothing. No, but, no, no. but the moguls were the potential of nature. It, yeah, <laughs> it was just basically free free ride down yeah. a mountain. Sure. Powder snow, as in, do not make too much noise or you have an avalanche chasing. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Wow. So, it was, so it was an experience, okay. you know? Yeah. But in general, funny of that, I don't do black slopes on my skis. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, it, I do. It doesn't I do. feel fun. To no, me. no, no, because it's like I tell people. This is what I tell people, mm-hmm. and for the podcast, I tell you now, <laughs> I am African. Right? <laughs> I don't need to make a point or show off. Sure. Yeah, I've already made a point by standing on the mountain with my ski boots on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. The yeah. black run, I don't need to sure, go down there already. Sure, I've already sure. made my point yeah. that I am here. Yeah. 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 On this mountain from Africa with my ski boots on. That's enough. <laughs> yeah. Even if I don't put my skis on, I just walk yeah. down the mountain. I've it's- I've done. <laughs> you know? So you know So there's no one who's gonna say, Oh yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go on this black run. Oh yeah, wimp. I don't care. Right. You know? Yeah. I'll do my Green run. I like my blue runs. It's, yeah. it's, it's in between. The red runs, they're fine. But I like my blue runs. I just like the cruise, you know? I like the cruise yeah. down. I'm yeah. not being paid to ski like this professional sense. So I don't want to break my knees. Yeah, All I want exactly. to do is cruise. Enjoy the fresh air, the scenery. And, you know, on a black run, it's going to take me like five minutes to get to the bottom. On a blue run, it's going to take me like 30 minutes. I can just cruise and enjoy. Simple. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's you a know? good way to think about it. That's yeah. how I see it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So for my mindset hack, I just hack the fact that because I'm black does not mean that I yeah. cannot do be there. I cannot be in this office. I should not be here there, sure, you know. Sure. So I think for my mindset hack, that is me. I don't I my mindset hack is that I don't see color. Okay. okay. You know, you, I don't You don't see it as a barrier to to who you're going to be or how you're going hell, to no, show no. up in the world. No, no. I and I think that's why I have been where I've been, you know, I mean, I've worked for certain companies and, you know, I mean, especially going to the US mm-hmm. and working in the company. And I'm like, 
I'm in New York. Yes. Yeah. In New York. Yes. Where there's supposed to be so many people of color. Yeah. Yeah. And I walk into the office and I'm like, the only one. It, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, but, it's the nature of the beast. But I think because of a mindset hack mm -hmm. is where I am. Sure. Because I managed to, I don't know it's infiltrate or what. Right. But I just, I just go for it. Good. You know, so you know, I'm not good. It's not going to stop me from not trying. Nice. Nice. So I've kept you for a while and I've loved this conversation because you are one of the most interesting people that I know. So as in closing, I want to ask you one question. What do you think is your value proposition? Oh, <laughs> my value proposition. Yeah, personally or professionally. What, what would you say it is? My value proposition. Me, I see life, fool. I've been there, done it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But no, I mean, yeah, I think I just, from a value proposition, I think it just, you get what you get. I mean, I've I just been, I've had several careers under mm -hmm. my, or several types of careers mm -hmm. under my belt. So my knowledge of how things work, I see it as a holistic, I'm not a specialist. Yeah. So I can look at stuff and I'm very good at solving problems because mm -hmm. I can take a bit of this, a bit of that, and mm -hmm. that to make, to solve a problem. Sure. Because I've been through different disciplines. And these days, problems are usually solved with these different yes. disciplines together. Yeah. You yeah. know, you need a bit of tech, you yes. need a bit of business, you need a bit of creativity mm -hmm. to make a product these Got days. It. Got it. Yeah? yeah. So I can quite easily sit here with someone and launch a product, look at a problem, come up with ideas and launch it. Got you know? It. Because whether it's this or is that like you know it's in nigeria i mean there's a problem i can go into the marketing team i can say let's do this like that i go into the accounting team let's do this and then that i can go you know i can talk to bankers and let's do this and that come up with partnerships because i've done all that so so your value is in your diverse skill set i guess yeah i mean yeah like i said diverse skill set and, and you diverse know. mindset yeah, 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 right. Yeah, so I guess all that together, you know, I, I look everything at uh, holistically. I don't, I'm not tunnel visioned. I just look at the bigger picture mm -hmm. and I work towards a problem with an open mind and a bigger picture. Sure. You know, sure, sure. You know, white screen, white screen. <laughs> well, I think that's a great place to end our discussion. Do you have any last oh. comments? Any last words? Yeah. Who knows tomorrow? Ah, I love it. Who knows tomorrow? And then on that, I'm going to... No, not who's, who knows tomorrow. Who, who knows know to tomorrow? Who, who knows tomorrow? Who knows tomorrow? <laughs> Don't try and make it all You're posh. Right. <laughs> who knows tomorrow? Who knows tomorrow? <laughs> yes, in the words of King... Ayusoba. Yes, who knows tomorrow? You've been listening to Florence Adu on the Global Citizens Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We are here every Tuesday with the new episode. You can reach us on globalcitizenspod.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again and bye for now.